So you don't want to go in there if you can at all avoid it. Also, you take 40 10 damage upon entering, so... Yeah. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> that, that minor little problem. Oh, right, you're not rangers. Nee, 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 nee. <laughs> Centrate where I will get the most of them. Probably the ones that are flanking to the left. A Venn diagram. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Venn diagram of death, yeah. Okay. I won't do fireball then. I don't have a clue. I got a two. Chapter 202, The Ancient Tome. Okay. So in the last episode, we had a lot of exposition. Um, the awards were handed out. Uh, Noan and Creval were made uh, marshals of Port of Magnum. Uh, Cotter was confirmed as the uh, heir apparent to uh, the barony of Port of Magnum. Um, and you were able to uh, defeat the latest of the phylacteries and that was the correct one right well it didn't seem to do anything yeah it seemed like it's another one of those faux phylacteries or the fake phylacteries whatever you want to call them uh, but that being said is we don't really know what the real one would do well Gauchbar has suggested that um, a real phylactery being a storage of all sorts of souls and so forth would have some sort of outburst if uh, it was pierced. So uh, the fact that it, you haven't uh, found one yet makes it seem rather like it hasn't. So there we are. Uh, but there we are. Anyway, um, and uh, you guys got a few more interesting things done in... in uh, Port of Magnum, uh, mainly deciding who's going to be the next Baron of Excolbarium Calice. And uh, who is, uh, Jesse, who's leading the, the pack at this point in time for that post? Yeah, uh, Adri looks like our best bet for taking on the baronial seat. Yep. Uh, so we'll see if she survives the uh, adventures to come. But we are going to wind the clock back one day and now we are actually uh dealing with the tabaxi again so uh why don't we go around and introduce everyone to the tabaxi one more time um and uh bryce why don't you tell us who you are playing and uh give us the details on gray yeah. gray is a russian blue mm -hmm. tabaxi it's a level 12 rogue is very sneaky, likes to shoot things, and manages to swap books out of places they should be into places that he can uh, take them to places where they now will be. Yeah. And what kind of a uh, rogue is he? 
assassin rogue. Yeah, so he uh, he likes to go stabby stabby in the night. I actually prefer shooty shooty in the night, but that stabby stabby works too. Definitely. And um, then, Drew, why don't you tell us about Black? Black is, as his name applied, a completely black tabaxi cat man thing, person. Um, Let's just go with tabaxi. Yeah, he's a paladin, which is a very rare combination for tabaxis. Um, he's much older than a lot of the other tabaxis in the party. Uh, he, this is testament to the gray hairs that liberally dot his fur. Um, he has two torn ears. One has a straight line down it, and another one has more of an L cut into it, so it kind of flops forward. He's uh, In previous renditions, he has been in really just lackluster cared armor and kind of was really heavy and lazy. But in the recent pet history, he's been a completely different individual as his armor is now a deep green polished to polished and taken care of and he's just not quite what the tabaxi's have remember him for many years being uh, so a little action adventure has been good for him very good and uh owen why don't you tell us about red yeah red is a tabby style tabaxi um he is a mystic and um he doesn't prefer to speak. Instead, he likes to talk into people's minds. The only time he does talk is when he's trying to talk to his invisible friend. And he's one of the head librarians in the Tabaxi Library. Yeah, very good. And then, uh, Jesse, why don't you tell us about Misty? Yeah, Misty is a uh, sorcerer. Tabaxi. She has uh, sort of grayish silver fur, but um, underneath that is brass scales kind of poking up underneath, showing that draconic origin. Um, and she's not very smart, but she hits things with magic pretty well. <laughs> she likes to light things on fire. Yeah. And Matt, why don't you tell us about Moon? So Moon Under Mountain, uh, once a, a tabaxi, now uh, reincarnated as a dwarf. So uh, retains some of the uh, similar coloring. So a gray beard streaked with white and still has a chipped tooth, but uh, has retained the tabaxi yellow eyes, even in dwarven form. And uh, as time progresses, slowly kind of gaining affinity for things earthy and mountainy for some strange reason. Very good. And finally, Melanie, why don't you tell us about Jade? Uh, Jade is a orange-ish uh, cat with bright green eyes who uh, is a ranger. Uh, she loves shooting people um, and she's very good at it. Yes, rarely ever misses. Very good. And actually, at this point in time, your two or this group is split into two parties. Um, if you remember, Red and Misty had been helping out Cotter's and Craval's group um, and had many adventures with them. And as that group uh, went back to Porta Magnum after the Excolbarium Calice War, they had split off from the group and had boarded a sand ship that is piloted by a dwarf that you uh, know very well and it had spirited you off uh, heading west southwest into the mare 
uh, with undoubtedly the plan on being back in the Tabaxi Treehouse in a couple of three days. Meanwhile, um, the rest of you, with uh, Black, Gray, and Jade, had left Arlen and Adri and, uh, some three days ago, and you had made your way uh, back from the Sorcerers of the Shore, uh, sneaking your way through Kalesque and were back uh, to the Tabaxi Treehouse. And we pick up with Misty and Red on the sand ship, and you guys are cruising along in your first day there of, uh, of cruising. Uh, off in the mare, there's just nothing but the big dunes of the dusty dust that is the uh, the mare, and the, the skiff is just kind of skipping from dune to dune. It's got a pretty good breeze behind it, so it's moving pretty well. And all of a sudden, the dwarf just alters course and takes a much more uh, southerly tack, uh, just out of bl- the blue, no explanation at all. And uh, he uh, kind of calls over to you. It says, "Ah, there's been a change of plans." What kind of change? He says, "I just got a message in my head from Galshabar, and he says that there's a sand ship that has been spotted that is sticking out of the Mari uh, down to our south. Um, he's going to go and collect uh, jade and black and gray." And they're going to meet us out there. What sand ship? Uh, that's, uh, well, that's all the message I got. Um, I mean, maybe you can message him and find out, but uh, that's all the message I got. And so obviously he's making for a set of uh, coordinates that uh, Galchabar has given him in, in the message. And as, as you know, um, the messaging app that they have here in, in uh, this time just allows you to make a, a short 25-word message to the, the person. Okay, so anything you guys want to do while you're waiting there? I mean, I guess we're meeting up with our friends anyways, so I'm cool to just hang out until we land. Okay. Very good. Just show me where to shoot things if if you need it. <laughs> okay. Is, is Moon with? Moon gray? is with Black and Gray and, uh, and Jade. Remember, it was Black, Gray, Jade, and uh, Moon, and Arlen, and Adri were together. This is another reason we don't split the party. I can't keep it all straight. <laughs> <laughs> Think how much fun it is on my end. Very good. So you guys um, continue to course down there, and towards the uh, end of the day, as the uh, sun is beginning to set, um, you see a blip on the horizon of something sticking up out of the mare. And it looks like just the, the back end of maybe one of those sand ships. Uh, this one will is considerably larger than the one you're riding on. As, as you remember, this one is kind of a uh, pleasure yacht, a personal yacht-sized craft. Uh, there are transport craft that travel across that are much, much larger, you know, the size of, of clipper ships in, in uh, today's uh you know statistics and um, as you are approaching all of a sudden 
Actually, everybody roll for me perception. That would be red and misty. 16. 11. Okay. So your keen senses there, um, Misty, uh, you notice that there is off to your uh, right something flying in the air that's heading right towards you. And it quickly becomes apparent that it is Galchabar on his flying carpet. And he has black and gray and jade and moon all hanging on board there. And he swings in right behind you. Carpet ride. Yeah. Well, you all got the magic carpet ride last time when you had to flee the er erupting chaos in the uh, Mad Mage's shack. But uh, uh, this one's a little less stressful. And um, he swings in behind you and and quickly catches you up. And um, as you guys are coursing along, just basically the four of you are able to jump off of his carpet. And uh, he kind of swings wide and says, ah, let me know how it goes. Let me know if there's anything valuable on board. And he, uh, you know, just sort of swings back off, maybe heading off towards Excalbarum Calice or off towards uh, the Campo Magno and uh, leaves you alone. And um, Jade, uh, what he's told your group there, and especially you, is that... Um, there came rumor that the sand ship was beginning to erode out of the mare, and certainly there are wrecks all across the mare. Arno, some most usually buried by the blowing sands in just a short amount of time, and occasionally from time to time, one uh, reappears, um, and usually some enterprising soul will go by and plunder it for whatever salvage there might be available. But this one seemed unusually large and unusually interesting. So he thought that the tabaxi might be interested to see because it seems like something this large might be a historical uh, vessel. And there might be something interesting that the tabaxi could bring back to the library. So as you guys are coursing along and getting closer, um, the dwarf brings the uh, sails in a little bit and... Um, you slow down and uh, then he uh, brings it to kind of a full and complete stop. And he says, oh, I'm not going any farther. There's things around that ship. And sure enough, there are large creatures, basically the size of draft horses, that seem to be crawling about the ship. There we go. So you can see the back end of the ship there by the, the uh, sky blue dye. Um, and then right up by the pink dye in the middle is uh, the cabin of whatever the ship was that is sticking up. And you can see there's like boxes and barrels and crates that are sticking out of the blowing sand. And then let's set up our group over here. And so the dwarf lets you off and he says, I'll, uh, I'll circle out a couple hundred yards uh, just in case something bad happens. Can we tell exactly what these creatures are? I mean, are they like the ones we saw when we first, many, many, many months ago, went to the area? You have not seen these creatures before. Um, well, not so far in your experience. Uh, but I, everybody can roll for me a nature check. Two. Not great. I don't have a clue. I got a two. Ten. 
Jade knows they look kind of like giant bugs. 16. Ah. 21. And 11. Okay, and so uh, Red knows they look like giant bugs as well. But Misty and Moon, you've actually heard of these things. And out across the mare, and sometimes making excursions into the developed lands, the more fertile lands, are beings called Ankegs. And they're basically just gigantic, monstrous insect. They're about the size of a draft horse. Um, out in the mare, they sometimes surprise unwary travelers. Um, they uh, have, uh, you know, tunnels under the ground that they burrow and they'll just erupt out of the ground. Uh, and from time to time, they'll burrow their way into the areas around the mare and they have to be fought off. And they are a scourge for the farmers that are bordering the mare. Uh, but you seem to have run into a complete nest of them at this point. Because there are a dozen of these crawling all over the ship. And um, they may be um, raiding it for any foodstuffs. Uh, Ankegs are, you know, animalistic intelligence. So they, they basically are um, basically motivated by food and filling their, their stomachs. But you also know that they're definitely fierce um, agitators and very aggressive. So not, not the best thing to find clambering all over the ship that you want to get into. Do I get a sense that these are beasts? They're not beasts, but they're uh, monstrosities. Uh, but they definitely, so they're, they're somewhere above a beast in intelligence, but not much. Okay. And then the other thing that comes to mind, though, Misty, while we're out here, um, that's a wooden vessel that's been sitting out in the desiccated sands of the mare for who knows how long. But it is tinder dry. And um, you got to imagine that any area affecting fire spells will very likely light it aflame and it and whatever else you were perhaps looking for. Okay. I won't do fireball then. You have to be a little bit careful. Fire or wave of fire. <laughs> Actually, I think those are my only two area fire spells. Firewall. Yeah. <laughs> Lightning storm. Okay. So um, so we can uh, do this uh, kind of in order. Why don't we go down around and do initiative? So, Gray, what do you get? I get another one. So six. Okay. Wait, that's two ones in a row. A, a little unsure. Maybe change your dice out. And then black. 20. Okay. Just to show up Gray. And red? Eight. Okay. Misty? Fifteen. And then um, moon? Nine. And then jade? Twenty-two. Just to show everybody up. <laughs> okay. So you guys are all dropped off in a line there. And there's these creatures that are swarming about the ship. Uh, very likely taking the very things that you want to get a hold of. So, Jade, you are at the top of the order. What are you going to do? Hmm. Should I just shoot them all? Or as many as I can get? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's a good idea. It makes me sad, but it would be cool. All right. Um. Yeah, I'm going to volley it. 
uh, and that's centered around one place. And yes, you to pick a point, and it's like everything within ten feet of it. All right, I'm going to hit two, three, four, five, and six. Okay, and actually, let's go by the colors that they are. They're all numbered. Right. Okay, purple, purple, green, teal, pink. Okay. Uh, uh nineteen. Um, against which one? Uh, I'm just gonna roll six of them. Okay, right, so two, five of them. Two, then three, then four, then five, then six. So, uh, for orange, purple swirl. No, okay, pur- purple swirl. Purple okay. swirl. Nineteen hits. Purple, uh, twenty-five. Uh, green, seventeen. Hit, hit, hit. Uh, blue or teal, uh, twenty-two, and then yep. pink, uh, twenty-one. Okay, so uh, Jade opens up with a strong opening move and fires a mass of arrows that just plunk into all of the ones in the stern of the ship area there. All right, Swirl gets uh, 11 points of damage. Ouch. Purple gets 12 points of damage. Green gets 8 points of damage. Teal. Hold on, hold on, hold on. i got to write these things down. Okay, so what was after deep purple, green? Green, mm-hmm. um, then teal with six. Wait, so how much did green get? Um, Twelve. Okay. And then teal with eleven. And then pink with thirteen. Okay. And then uh, for... So you just made a bunch of them mad. And for fun and games, I'm going to shoot uh, yellow. For... 21. Hits. For nine points of damage. Okay. So, yeah. Um, Jade makes a bunch of them angry right away. Woo! Okay, and Black, you get to uh, go next. Um, I would like to move forward if I could. And then, um, are those two that are on top of the deck right there? The ones that say the pink and the light blue one? Those are on the deck, yeah. Yep. On the sides or on the deck. And being kind of bug-like creatures, they travel up and down the sides of the ship just as easily as as they uh, uh, move across the flat. Right. Actually, uh, Bryce, could you move me back two squares? Thank you. Um, I'd like to drop a third-level moonbeam on, I guess that's teal, the greenish one. Okay, so drop it on green. Yep. So uh, moonbeam on that one, and that's going to be my turn. Okay. So uh, moonbeam illuminates green. Very good. Okay. And then uh, Teal gets to go, and he was not at all pleased about that jade. However, Black moved closer, so he charges forward and engages Black. And he has 25 squares of movement. Easily. And they seem to move very well in this uh, fluff. Oh, and don't forget, this is the Mare. I should have mentioned this earlier. So uh, movement is halved uh, because it's all difficult terrain. And just like we you know, when we were running around the Mare before, um, all uh, anything agility-related, um, agility-related uh, saves and so forth, um, are going to be at disadvantage because you're going to be mucking around in, in this dust that's almost like wading through snow. 
Okay, so Teal comes running up to you there, um, Black, and goes to take a bite out of you. Feel free to roll for not going to get uh, any bit close. <laughs> so that's awesome. a 10 total. I'm okay with that. Okay. <laughs> and then next up is uh, Purple Swirl. And what's the range on this? Okay. So it is going to move up to here. And it spits out a stream of acid. That is going to affect both black and, uh, is that gray? Yeah. Yep. So black and gray, both of you must make a dexterity saving throw. And you said that was with disadvantage? Are these made a disadvantage too? Yes. Because of all the, uh, the Mari dust. Uh, 22. Not bad for disadvantage, gray. 18. 18. So you guys are able just to duck this thing as it goes flying by. Okay. And then uh, next up is Lavender. And it will, yep, move forward 30 feet. And it saw what was going on there. So it is going to attempt to hit uh, Jade with its acid spray. So make me a dexterity saving throw at disadvantage. 21. Okay, and you were able to duck that as well. They're not at all doing well here. And Misty, you get to go next. All right, I'm going to cast Insect Plague mm. um, on on these insect creatures. Ironic. Um, yeah, I'm thinking of centering it right ship there. And it's a 20-foot radius, and it makes it difficult terrain, so all of them would be relatively stuck there, and it would be easier to, I don't know, it would slow them down at least. They wouldn't be coming at us. Um, okay, so Bryce, why don't you figure out, uh, um, or why don't you draw the, the circle the of it there? The most optimal place to get as many of them as possible yeah. without any of our party members. So it actually covers most of the ship and gets a good portion of them. And what do they have to do when they start their turns? I remember this is uh, starting a turn thing. Um, yeah, so actually starting as soon as I cast it, each of those that are affected must make a constitution save. Okay, and is it 20-foot radius, not 20-foot diameter? Oh, radius? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that's a big circle. A big circle. That's going to get most of them, actually. Yep, all but three. Very good. And by three, I mean one, 11, and 12. Okay. But. So Misty murmurs some words and, and a hive of insects appears buzzing about all the baddies. Though, I mean, I was kind of, I know you just drew the circle, but I was kind of thinking of casting it further back so that those of you who are more melee don't have to fight with the insects in your face. I have a feeling they'll be coming to us. I'm the only melee and I have reach on my weapon. I'm good. Okay, cool. And, and as right. Bryce says, they're probably going to come visit you guys. So, all right, very good. All right, so oh. that uh, have I guess you're probably working on the Constitution saves. Uh, it's when they start their uh, turn, right? Nope, it's when it appears and when. Oh, they really? Start. Mm -hmm. 
Or uh, it's it's because I think the last time we did yeah, it just was when they started their turn. It's like when they enter it, or it, it says when the area appears, each creature in it must make a constitution. Oh wow! Save. Um, a creature must also make the saving throw when it enters the spell's area for the first time or ends its turn there. Okay, nice. Okay, well then let us go around and do some constitution saves. Oh, uh, wow, this is really cool. This is a truly horrifying spell when you think about it. Yep. Especially with just how much damage it does. Okay, so and what's their uh, DC? Uh, 16. 16, okay. So we'll start um, with Pink, who rolls a total of three. So how many, and I, I guess we'll just roll one uh, bit of damage for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not going to do her. Um, my my total damage that I rolled is 29. Ouch. Yeah. Okay. So um, pink fails its constitution save. Yeah. And you just see um, a whole bunch of the little critters um, just glom onto it. And it just wails and thrashes and a few moments later hits the ground. And you just see like hornets and so forth just nibbling bits of the meat off and carrying it away. And then black. Which one? Oh. Yes. Uh, gets a 17 and saves, so it takes, what, half damage? Mm -hmm. Correct, yes. Okay, so only 14 points only. Okay. And then uh, white gets a 12 and takes all 29. Not at all happy about that. And uh, then Lavender gets a 13, takes all 29 points. They're not doing too well on this here. And uh, Yellow, 10, takes all 29 points. You're just softening them up pretty good here. I'm going to say Misty. Control up, controller, control up. Yep. And then um, Teal. Gets a three, and you just see the same horrifying thing happen right in front of you there, uh, Black, where just the bugs just descend on it, and you just see them ripping bits of flesh out, and after just a couple of moments, it just collapses to the ground. And then um, Purple Swirl gets a 14, and the same thing just collapses. And Green... Gets an 18, only takes the uh, 14 points. And then uh, Deep Purple. Um, Natural 20. Did you get yellow? Yes. Okay. Didn't remember it. Okay. Yep. It uh, definitely definitely has uh, some serious damage there. Okay. So Misty damages a whole lot, lot of them. And, and uh, just for everyone's reference, so that in that sphere, it's now lightly obscured, and it's also now difficult terrain. Yes. So you don't want to go in there if you can at all avoid it. Also, you take 40, 10 damage upon entering, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> that, that minor little problem. Okay, good. So, a good round, Misty. Um, so next up is Salmon, who um, is now going to run around the outside. So um, have it run 60 feet around towards you there, Bryce. Actually, how many is that there? 
That's 45. Okay, yeah, keep going. Okay. And then next up is uh, Black, who does not like being in the middle of that mess. So it is going to go uh, diagonally um, out of it. Uh, and does it have to do it again because it's starting its turn mm. there? It's ending turn. Ending turn. Okay. Uh, so it, it's when it enters the spell's area for the first time or if it ends its turn there. Okay, good. So it's going to get out of there as fast as it can. Does not like that at all. And let's see here. 10, 20, 30. Not quite. Okay. So that will be all it will do. And then Moon, you get to go. What are you going to do? Misty is causing chaos. You know, since Insect Plague seems such like a nice spell, I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> okay, same area. So, or... Would you please center it where I'll get the most of them? Probably the ones that are flanking to the left. A Venn diagram. Yeah. Of Venn diagram of death. Yeah. I think, yeah, I want to get the most, so probably those plus green and black too. You want? Oh, sorry. I was like, you want to get black? Uh... If it's lowered down one square, I think it would... No, it wouldn't. Hmm. Yeah, it would. If it shifted... If you lower it two squares, it would get all of these. Mm -hmm. So you'd miss three, but you'd get black again and salmon. Yeah, I would say just move the entire circle over two. No, other way. Towards me is down. Sorry. Actually, Bryce, why don't you draw it out since you've got the, the idea of it? Okay. And what is the damage on that you're rolling there, Moon? Well, I seem to have conjured a few butterflies along the way. <laughs> hey, those things will be um, dangerous. 13. 13 points total? Okay. Oh, yeah. And what's your DC for save? Uh, 14. Okay. So Salmon goes and gets a 4. So it takes all 13 points, did you say? Yes. Okay. And uh, still takes significant damage. And then black gets to go and gets a 12. So it'll take all 13 points. And then next up is Lavender, who gets a 9 and is consumed by the bugs. So we can take that one out of there. And then next up is... Um, White, who gets a 15 and saves, so only takes half damage. Still doesn't look all that healthy. Mm -hmm. And then Yellow gets a 17 and saves. And once again, not looking all that healthy after two insect plagues upon it. And then Green, who gets a 17 and saves, so only takes half which is good for it because it wasn't looking that good to begin with. Okay, so yeah, you guys heavily soften up the front ranks there. And then gray, fog, or anything else moon there before we move on? I think that's good for me. Okay, and then gray, you get to go. Um, really? Yeah, you rolled a nine, right? No. I rolled a six. Oh, you rolled a six. I, yeah, I rolled oh. a nine. It's green that gets to go next. Okay. Constitution saving throw. Really? Oh, wait. Moonbeam. Oh, moonbeam, yeah. Uh, it's got the moonbeam on it, right. So its constitution saving throw is a natural 20. So 
What does that do to it? 10 points of radiant damage. That's okay. already halved. And that is more than it had left. So it is gone, fried to a crisp by the uh, moonbeam. And then a red, you get to go. Your uh, casters are creating all sorts of chaos. And it is slightly obscured in there. Okay. Um, I have one of two choices. Can you make them can not Can I move? get to a place where I can hit all of them in a 60-foot cone? Mm. It would have to be like over here I mean, you would have to go quite a ways. So, um, no. You could. Let's see. Uh, half speed. Half remember. speed. So, yeah. Oh, right. You're not rangers. Nee, 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 nee. <laughs> so, like, if you get there, you could probably blast, like, all these. Five of them? Maybe. Let's, Let's see, see here. So, um, I need to be 20 feet forward to hit the people in the back, is what I know. Oh, you can't even move 20 feet. Right? Your speed's 30. Wait, Cat's Grace. Oh, you could do that, yes. Um, so I can move 30 feet total, right? Mm-hmm. Indeed. Because, yeah, if he's up here, he could... Is It's 60 feet long, and is it also 60 feet wide, or is it like 60 feet It'll be feet 60 long feet wide at the end of 60 feet at long. At the end, yeah. yeah. You can't get all of them, but you can get a good chunk of them. Um, wait, one, I think... two. Here to here is 60 feet. I can move there. That's perfect. And he can blast. So here. Cool. Then I'm going to move into my psychic assault discipline. Nope, that gets... It depends. Because if he's blasting this way... Yeah, it, it wouldn't be... It should have. At, at the end of 60 feet there, draw a line 60 feet wide, 30 feet either direction from the center there. Behold the awesome power of mid-level. So I think, I think that's good to go with right where it is there. Okay. And then go... Um, so you can't quite get purple, can't can't definitely not get orange, but you can get all the rest of them. Can you move me to that square that you just pointed out? There. Yes. Oh. Okay. If you that should do, get purple, you, right? That that should get purple and red. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's. It'll okay. miss salmon then. No. No. Because it passes through. Same it should thing. hit it okay. exactly. Okay, yeah, okay, good. Yeah, so that would get everything okay. except orange. Cool. Then I'm going to use my Psychic Blast ability. I unleash a devastating psychic energy in a 60-foot cone. Each creature in that area must make an intelligent saving throw. Well, that's going to be fun, considering these things are beast-level intelligence monstrosities. Intelligence. And what's the uh, DC, and what happens if they fail it? 15 is the DC, and they take 8d8 psychic. Okay, can I, why don't you roll um, up? And, and then half as much on a successful save. Okay. There's going to be some NPC stuck in the front we were supposed to talk to that is now thoroughly dead. Yeah. There's someone There's someone in the uh, in the boat itself, tied up in the bottom where you can't see. Well, if they're in the boat, wouldn't they be oh, wait, made the, by the They're in the insect swarm. They're in the other insect swarm. Well, is the insect swarm, well, the the insect swarm in the boat? Yes. yes. Oh. So you just see this bloody pulp in the bottom of the boat when you get there. So the they'll door. take 35 points of psychic damage if they fail, or um, 17 points of... No, 12 points. 17. 17 points of yep. damage if they fail. Okay. You know, if one of these guys 
makes the intelligence save, we should keep it and like train it or something. <laughs> um, so Salmon gets a one and you just see it clutch its head and just curl up in a ball with its uh, little legs kicking in the air. Um, and then Black gets a nine. By the way, they get a negative five on their checks. Oh my God. Nice. Um, and uh, Fries as well. Wait. That means they immediately get, they all fail. And, um, right? Yeah. 14 for, um, white. I mean, with, if you get a net 20, you automatically succeed, right? And, there's uh, that only in attacks. And it remember. fries as well. And yellow gets a negative two and, uh, just fries as well. Um, and then red. Um, gets a 10, takes all the points, but it's still there because it hasn't been touched yet. And then uh, negative one for uh, deep purple, and it fries as well. So the uh, artillery comes in and just blasts uh, these guys to bits. Oh, sorry, they don't have mines. They don't actually take any of that. Whoops. Yep. Um, and then um, yellow's gone. Finally, we get up to Gray Fog. All right. And those two in the back haven't gone yet, right? Those two in the back have not gone yet. Red and orange, right? Yeah, they're behind you. Amazing. Okay, well, I'm going to shoot orange. That's a 13. Oh, I have advantage because he hasn't gone yet. That's a 17. Oh, you hit. All right. So 76. So 12, 16, uh, 26 points of damage. Okay, that orange. hurt it. Not at all happy with you. Okay, that's my turn. <laughs> okay. And then, speaking of those two, orange gets to go. It charges forward around the outside, um, up to the corner there, and makes its acid spit at black. So I need a dexterity save from you, Black. Fail. Okay. Not quite enough to get gray, unfortunately. So you take six points of damage as the acid splashes on you. Ow. Yes. And then red gets to go forward and it charges around the other side. And we have a red on red combat as it spits acid at red. So give me a dexterity saving throw with disadvantage eight okay so it hits you square and does 12 points of damage it uh, connects a little more solidly than uh, it did with black maybe because orange had to shoot through the insect plague circle and spent a lot of the acid burning up little insects okay and then believe it or not we get to go to the top of the round and jade there's two of them left what are you gonna do i'm going to Scoot on over. Why not just shoot? So I can shoot both of them. Okay. Makes good sense. Could you not do that from where you were? I wanted to move away. Okay. Uh, I'm going to shoot orange for 25. It definitely hits. Uh, for 14 points of damage. Okay, and she just plunks it right in the forehead and down it goes, quivering on the ground. And then I'm going to shoot red... For 24 points of damage. No, 24, no, 24 to hit. 24 to hit. 
You you wish on that. And um, 12 points of damage. Okay, and Jay just kind of steps up and goes, kathunk, kathunk, and the, down they go. Well, that was, uh, that was fun. quite the fight. Yeah, as you guys and drop the hammer. I'm going to dismiss my insect plague. Me too. Uh, I think you'll find that to be a, a definite benefit after uh, dropping a hammer on these guys. And there you are. And there is a back end of some sort of a sand ship sticking out of the out of the uh, sand. Uh, like I said, a couple of crates and barrels that apparently have fallen off when it wrecked uh, that are beginning to be exposed uh, in the blowing dust. Okay, so what are you going to do? I'd like to head to the ship. Okay. And um, roll for me a perception check as you approach the back end of the ship. May all of us do that, as we're probably following. Okay. Mm. 18 total. Uh, nine, uh, 19? No, 20, not natural. Misty is still laughing about the bugs. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> I got a zero. You have the absolute best answers for bad rolls I've ever heard. I just You always have a reason why it's horrible, but you make it seem so great. It is so wonderful. And so Misty. Oh, oh wait, no, actually, I wish it was a zero. That's funnier. I actually got a four. Okay. <laughs> Did anyone beat the 18 and 22? I got a non I got a 20. Uh, what was that again, Red? I got a 19. Okay. So a red and uh, black and gray, as you approach, you notice something funny. That sticking out looks like kind of a log sticking out from underneath the boat and also the sides are really i mean granted um sand ship sides are slab sided because they slide across the uh the uh sand so they're not uh you know a pitched keel with a point on it it's just kind of a flat bottom but there's like a log sticking out um and you can't imagine why there'd be a log underneath a boat i mean there's no logs out here sabotage does it does actually does this boat have skids apparent or does it look no it doesn't like... have skids apparent no so this could be a boat back from when there was water here um Maybe. well it, they probably wouldn't have had a flat bottom boat but as you get closer you realize that that's not a log that's an axle this was a very large wagon and everybody roll for me a history check Eleven. Four. There's my zero. <laughs> I got a zero. Uh, Fourteen. Nine. And Red, what did our librarian get? I think I got a fifteen. Okay. So, uh, Red, you do recall that in the historical texts that way back before the mage wars and the cataclysms and so forth, going up and down this valley on the very large roads, they did have some enormous wagons that could carry large amounts of commerce, whatever. So it seems like this thing might actually be a wagon from a thousand years ago that has been buried under the mare sands since that time. Perhaps the actions of the Ankeg have uh, caused it to come to the surface. Is there anything left on the wagon that we can see, like, tied down? Or is there anything on the Ankegs? Why don't you all do an investigation check? 
19. Did anyone beat Gray's 21? 24. 24 for Jade. So you guys are casting about, and Jade, you force open the back door to the cabin or whatever you know covering it had at that time. And inside, where the Onkegs had not gotten a hold of, um, you know, the rest of you just find clothing and sundry um, commerce items. You know, the Onkegs obviously had, had uh, broken anything that looks like food. But, Jade, you find a satchel, a backpack, a, a, a day pack, and in it are books. I found some books. And, um, Gray, you mm-hmm. find a small coffer. And in it, there are 150 gold pieces. Money. Um, Dang it. In, in the old kingdom denominations. But the probably the more important one for the, you is, Jade, you found some books. Obviously, these have to be ancient tomes. Perfect thing for the tabaxi to find. When I look at them, do they look like they're ready to fall apart? Um, apparently, being sealed in the dust of the mare, being very, very dry and so forth, it has uh, preserved them in a very good state. So they're definitely old. They're definitely frayed and, and uh, will need some care. But they seem to be hale and holding together. I'm going to pick one of them up. Like, the smallest one that doesn't look most important. And look at it. Um, that's very interesting because there's a lot of kind of bigger tomes, but the small one that you pull up looks like it's somebody's diary. And as you open the cover on it, you read the title. And what does the title say? This being the account of the wanderings of Malverin, servant of Alowal. Yes. And that rings a bell because you know that those other people that you've been teaming up with are looking for someone named Alowal. And you realize that this needs to get into their hands right away. Uh, I want to bring the books outside. Okay, and obviously, Red, you are enthused that there are books. You can see oh, yeah. Red's ears standing straight up and quivering. Uh, this diary that I found, um, the, the people that we were helping uh, when we split off, they seem to be looking for this Lowell person uh so we should probably get to them uh mighty quick after um we yeah get back to the library yeah. can i could i also look at the other books they mm. and they are all um various interesting books but the most interesting thing is that they're about a thousand years old so things are current event or ancient history to you so it's it's a very interesting very interesting tomes there so what are you gonna do? Search oh. some more. Um, 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 the the people they know Galchabar. We we can talk to him maybe. Is he still here? He's somewhere in the area. He he had dropped you guys off just uh, a scant couple hours ago. Anyway, search the boat some more too. So Red, you can like send him a mental message. You guys talk that way frequently. Yeah, I'm gonna. Hail him to come over and pick us up. And, and um, he says, uh, oh, I'm a bit occupied, but I tell you what, I will send a friend over to help out. Um, 
we should probably only send one of your number to uh, keep the exposure as low as possible. But uh, why don't the rest of you all uh, join up with the ship captain there and he can bring you all back to the treehouse. Um, pick which one of you would be best to uh, go and uh, I'll have your ride arriving momentarily. And by momentarily, I mean within the next hour. We'll have time to search the ah, ship. Yes. Thank you very much. And so you're searching the ship, uh, Gray, you just find some personal effects, some commerce items. This one had apparently various things going, metal work and, and uh, foodstuffs and bolts of cloth and things mm -hmm. like that, all of which have you know pretty much degraded to the point where they're not uh, any use but uh, historical. Uh, but the books are a treasure, and obviously the money that you found is a treasure. Eh, it's money. It's not books. Anyway. Not knowledge. So, who do we want to go? It should um, probably be someone... Se seemingly that I found the book, I guess I can go. You, were you... You've met them before? I've he met a super sneaky sneak. No, yes. you, you were there in the tower. Yeah. Yeah, so you should go. You know them. Kind of. Uh, two of them. I mean, haven't really talked. Well, all. of all the people here, the ones that have made it into Port of Magnum before are Red and Gray and Jade. And the uh, sneakiest ones of the group are Jade and Gray. And um, Jade knows them. Jade knows them, yes. I mean, you also know them. I don't know them. You don't know them? No. Okay. Red does, but he's not sneaky. So I have new books to attend to. Yes. So, Jade, um, you're waiting there, and, you know, it is now almost full dark, and all of a sudden, a large shape looms up out of the south, and this enormous dragon comes and lands. And you guys all recognize this as the dragon that transported you from the edge of the mare by the treehouse to the Mad Mage's Shack. A while back and uh it just sort of snorts and says which one of you am i taking me and it just kind of cocks uh, one of its forearms and says jump aboard a time is of the essence i'll hop on and uh just about then the dwarven driver comes up with a boat and as Jade takes off on this enormous dragon, just kicking dust everywhere and forming a huge dust storm around you, the, the dwarf comes up and says, <coughs> it's like, good Lord, was, was that a dragon? Oh my gosh. And he says, well, get aboard, quick. Um, the fresh, uh, got a, a fresh breeze coming. We can make some good time tonight. Bring everything aboard. Okay, so you all jump on board. And so the rest of you take off to the west now and head for the Tabaxi Treehouse. And Jade? Where did I put the book? No, just kidding. <laughs> you take off on the, your metallic dragon and you can just feel the dragon breathing. It's clearly laboring to go as fast as possible. And in the uh, twilight evening, it sets down in the court of the Fraser household, causing absolute panic to break out. And it uh, says, this is where I leave you. Good luck, little one. Thank you, giant one. 
and it springs into the air, um, showering you with dust and pebbles, and takes off to the north there. Flick my hood up. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you see a bunch of people exiting the Fraser household. And the rest we already know. And that's where we're going to stop today. notes okay well a real quick flashback to explain what just happened that uh, brought jade into the courtyard of the fraser household and there we go an ancient tome discovered in the wreckage of an ancient cart so yeah um for the combat this one ended up being a lot easier than i had planned i'll, I'll admit it um, a lot of times a bunch of low level monsters can be a much higher level threat just because they have so many attacks and are just you know randomly likely to land a bunch of those but our artillery here just pounded them down so there we are um, but you know sometimes that's not a bad thing uh, sometimes it's great to have a combat where the party comes in and just bang, 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 blast everything down and feels like a bunch of absolute heroes. So there we go. And then the other thing to note is we left the whole figuring of the cone for red psychic blast in there. A lot of times we'll cut that out so you don't hear it. But this time we decided to leave it in just so you got the whole I'm sitting here at the edge of the table feel of, from this episode. So the tome. Apparently has something to do with a low all. But what does it say? We'll have to wait for the next episode to find out. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing the world that lives inside my head. <laughs>